chapter begins with uh, bhagwan revealing again his uh, supreme nature says i will tell you again thus you listen to my supreme words paramam vachaha because you are listening with so much of love and attention and i am not known by the devatas nor by the rishis because i am the origin of all the devatas and all the rishis also but one who by following the path shown by me comes to recognize me as unborn and beginningless such a person becomes free of all sin asammodassamarteshu sarva papai pramuchyate become free of all the sins So Bhagwan here reveals his nature as the very origin of this entire world. From me only, Bhagwan says everything has emerged. It exists in me and again merges back into me. Even the various thoughts and emotions which we have, the origin of that is God or that supreme consciousness. Generally, when thoughts come. 
we our attention goes out or to the topic or the object of the thought but one should shift one's attention to the very origin of this thought from where it arises so various types of thoughts and emotions are indicate or values are indicated here bhagwan says buddhi hi jnanam asammohah all this matta eva prathak vidhaha all of them this variety of them they emerge from me alone so buddhi is the power of discrimination which we have the ability to analyze our thoughts and our emotions and understand it objectively that ability that instrument which one has is called buddhi when we utilize this buddhi properly we gain knowledge so jnanam not only about the world but ultimately we come to understand our own nature so atmajnan also can be gained when we use our buddhi properly to discriminate between what is self and what is not self what is atma and what is not atma atma natma vivek leads to the knowledge of the self so buddhi hi jnanam asammohah freedom from all confusion and delusion one knows what is the path one knows what is the goal and one moves on that uh, path without any disturbance without any uh, delusion so that is indicated by the term asammohah free from all delusions then there are some more values mentioned here which are also helpful for us to follow this path towards enlightenment so positive values are mentioned here but even the negative uh, thoughts and emotion also arise from that supreme consciousness alone but these positive emotions and thoughts help us to come to gain that state of enlightenment so one is kshama kshama means forgiveness forgiveness is a very important value which if we have within us we will be able to uh, quieten the mind and go deep within ourselves we should be able to forgive ourselves we should be able to forgive others should be able to forgive nature our past our our elders so many actually against what is opposite of forgiveness say anger is there hatred is there and when this emotions are there we won't be able to progress further when we have this anger against someone we want to punish that person we want to hurt that person and uh, uh we feel that that person or that that uh, particular group of people have caused me sorrow has given me pain no doubt outwardly it appears like that but uh, everything has got uh, um what you call the reason behind all is quite complex why we are unhappy 
the reason behind it can be quite complex. The other person may not be the actual cause. That person might be just a nimitta, happened to be there. But the reason why we are experiencing joy and sorrow, the basic deep reason is our own, own doing of the past, of the present. In, in the Ramayana also there is a very beautiful incident when Ramchandraji, Lakshmana and uh, Sitaji went to the forest. The Nishadraj, they met in the forest. He became very unhappy seeing the, seeing the condition of Ramchandraji has come leaving his uh, palace. So he was very angry. He said all this is caused by Kai Kai. So to him, Lakshmana gives this uh, great wisdom. He says that nobody is the cause of our joy and sorrow. Kahu na kohu, kohu na kahu, sukha dukha karadata. That nobody is the giver of sukha and dukha. Nijakrata karma bhoga sababhrata. All the sorrows are caused by our own karma. Other person becomes a nimitta, becomes a what you call temporary cause. It's like suppose uh, one has uh, some weakness in our own body. Then that uh, even a even a tiny little uh, mosquito can become cause for our trouble. Otherwise, mosquitoes bite and nothing happens. So similarly, if I have some weakness in me, if my past is uh, not proper, then anybody can become cause for my sorrow, for my pain. So when we have this uh, deep uh, sense of uh, anger and hatred, and we don't want to forgive, we are holding that uh, thing in our own heart, and it it hinders our own progress. So one has to keep performing one's duties, but should not have any anger or hatred against ourselves and against anyone else, even towards our enemy. Our duty is to fight with the enemy without anger. Like here, when uh, Arjuna came on the battlefield, Bhagavan says, don't get angry with them, but fight with them. That is your duty. It's like a patient comes to a doctor, the duty of the doctor is to cure the patient not uh, get angry with the patient or with the disease and all. Whatever one has to do, one has to do it without getting agitated and creating unnecessary anger and hatred in one's heart. So this is a very uh, important quality which uh, one should try to cultivate in oneself. Because it, uh, if it is not cultivated, we harm ourselves. It's like keeping fire in our heart. It burns our own heart. The person against whom we have anger and hatred and all might be sleeping comfortably, but we will be awake. So, Kshama is a very important quality, which uh, also arises from that pure consciousness alone. See, all these are nothing but thoughts and understanding and emotions of our mind. And their ultimate source is that pure consciousness alone. Just like on our computer, 
the screen is there. All computers, they have the same screen, but different types of uh, images and uh, figures, they appear on the screen. Depends on what you open, which window you open. Two persons using the similar computer might open different windows and experience different uh, uh, different scenes on that uh, window. Similarly, but the basic core of all the computer is same, that electricity is there which gives uh, strength and power to that computer. Similarly, the very source and the very core of our being is that consciousness. And little disturbance or vibration in the consciousness is like the thoughts. And the variety of thoughts gives rise to variety of emotions and values and conviction. So Bhagavan says, all of them arise from me only. If you want to know me, you have to just look beyond your thoughts. If you want to see me, you have to just dive deeper within yourself. It is like Tulsidharji gives example, like the lake sometimes gets covered by some moss or leaves of a, of lotus. Lot of lotus lotuses are blooming in the in the lake. Their leaves they cover the water, so it appears as though the whole thing is very green and there is no water. But if you shift the leaves little bit, you can see water underneath. Similarly, if one dives deeper into this uh, our own mind, one will discover the presence of divinity within. So that which is the source of anger, that which is the source of love, is the same Paramatma. But when we have Anger, we look out. When we have love, we look within. When we have jealousy, we look out. We, we look away from that divinity. When we have compassion, we look within. So, Kshama helps us to look within. Forgiveness. Then, Satyam. Satyam here is truthfulness. Being truthful. Speaking the truth, speaking what is good, what is for the welfare of everyone. Satyam bruyat, priyam bruyat, hitam bruyat. So we should speak what is truthful, what is good, pleasant, what is for everyone's welfare. Satyam is as we have experienced if when we repeat it as it is, that is called satyam. When we add some masala into it, then that is a satyam. As one has experience, Shankaracharya writes, ki yatha drishtasya yatha shrutasya cha atmanubhavasya parabuddhi sankrantaye tatha eva ki tatha eva ucharya mana. Vak satyam uchyate. As we have seen, as we have heard, as we have experienced, when we express, when we express it through our words, so that the other person understands it as it is, 
that's called satyam satyam plays a very important role in our life when we talk and when when we speak the truth it integrates our own personality our own mind our own intellect our own personality gets integrated when we speak the truth and this integrated personality helps us in going deep within and experiencing our own self because when we meditate when we do some subtler sadhana this integrated personality is very important otherwise also it's important we have to speak to our own mind we have to speak to our own intellect when we sit for meditation and if we constantly tell lies then our mind and intellect will get confused and will not be able to understand things properly and our path becomes very difficult just like a person who constantly tell lies so you never know when that person will tell that uh, or whatever the person says we will not be able to accept it similarly whether others know or not we know that we are telling lies so when we meditate our mind and intellect will not listen to us it will say this fellow is lying so it becomes difficult from a spiritual standpoint also to uh, progress if one lies so satyam is very important quality then dama damaha dama is control of our senses the organs of actions and organs of perception control over them is called damaha one may develop suddenly some anger might come or some uh, desire might come which might not be uh, good for me implementation of that uh, action may not be good for me then to control it at the level of action is called dhamma it's like i feel like saying something very harsh but controlling the tongue from uttering that harsh words is called dhamma not to have that feeling at a subtle level in our mind is called shama but suppose i don't have that shama then at least i should have dhamma so uh, even uh, in ramayan tulsida ji says that the the weapon of anger is uh, harsh words so if we control the tongue we will be able to control our anger also so damaha is very important uh, ability that ability bhagwan says it arises from me alone ability to control our senses organs of action and perception this becomes uh, easy if we have shamaha shama means control of the mind quietude of the mind if the mind the anger or the jealousy or the negative tendencies doesn't arise in the mind then there is no uh, need to control things at the outer level because they are uh, they are uh, already under control so shamaha is a very important quality 
which comes when we uh, discriminate, when we develop proper wisdom and those negative tendencies don't arise in the mind at all. Like anger doesn't arise in the mind, so there is no need to control at the outer level. Because it is not there in the mind at all. But suppose anger arises in the mind, then one should be able to control its expression. Should not allow the expression of anger to happen. So, Shama is something internal and Dhamma is outer control. So, both of them are necessary for a seeker. So, Dhamma, Shama. Then, Sukham. Sukham means happiness, great joy. This also is a quality of our own mind. Uh, without rhyme and reason, we feel very happy. Sometimes rhyme and reason might be there, sometimes might not be there. But there is great uh, positive um, experience. See, kha, kha is also means akash. But we are not talking about outer akash, but inner akash. And su, su means good. Good inner Space means the space of the mind, space of consciousness is when it is positive, when it is good, we experience, what we experience is called Sukha. But when it is disturbed, when lot of negative things are there, anger, jealousy and all, it is disturbed, then what we experience is called Dukha. So Sukha and Dukha is experience within. Their cause, we might say, is lying outside, but really speaking, their cause is not outside. The cause is also within only. Outside, it's just the nimitta, as I said. So, sukha as well as dukkha is also experienced by all of us. So, it is said the result of punya is sukha and result of papa is dukkha. Again, Result of pure mind is Sukha and result of impure mind is Dukha. So, Sukham, Dukham. Then Bhavaha. Bhava is creation or Bhava also means birth. And Abhava, Abhavaha is absence or death. Bhagavan says birth as well as death the source of birth as well as death is I, myself. So our birth is also from God and one dies also and merges back into God. So one need not be afraid of birth as well as death. Everything happens in that supreme reality alone. Just as in water, the bubbles arise, they remain for some time, and again die away. But when the bubbles get destroyed, they get destroyed in water alone. So even when the bubbles are there, water is there. And when bubbles get destroyed, water alone is there. So in life, we are in God. In death, we are in God. 
we cannot be away from our own self. So, bhavaha, abhavaha. Therefore, great realized masters or a great wise person, they are not afraid of life nor afraid of death. Because they know everything is in that supreme consciousness alone. <clears throat> but even fear, if it is there, it arises from that consciousness. Bhayam, fear, different types of fear is there. And fear is directly proportional to our attachment. More the attachment to anything, more fear. More attachment to our body, more fear with respect to body. More attachment to things outside, more fear about it. Less attachment, less fear. No attachment, no fear. Abhayam, vairagya meva abhayam. It is said, vairagya alone gives rise to that fearlessness. Also, fear is directly proportional to the level of our ignorance. More one is ignorant about oneself and the world, more fear. More proper understanding and knowledge, more the fear goes away. Even at a worldly level, one, uh, the more ignorant one is about the world and all, about our own self, more we are frightened. But as we come to understand ourselves and the world, we gain more confidence. We say that, oh, I have no confidence, you know. I can do it. I can face because I have understood. So knowledge gives rise to fearlessness. Ultimate knowledge of the self makes a person totally fearless. But otherwise, vairagya, dispassion also gives rise to fearlessness. If one is not attached to anything, including life, including object and people and all, there is no fear. Even if Yamaraji comes and sits, we can just sit and have a cup of coffee and there is no fear. Like in Kathopanishad, the little boy in Nachiketa he goes to Yamraji and he speaks to him and he gains knowledge from Yamraj without any fear. So, bhayam, fear and abhayam, fearlessness, both these qualities arise from me alone. These are all differences. It's like from the white light alone, all the different colors, they emerge. Like we have so many different uh, nations in this world and all of them they have different type of flags. Somebody said that if you take all these flags together and rotate it very fast, all these colors will merge into each other and only white color will be seen. Every, all these various colors have come from white color alone. But if we don't see that white color, if we don't recognize that white, then we see differences. Similarly, all the thoughts and emotions, they arise from that same consciousness. 
So a spiritual student is one who shifts his attention from the thoughts to the very source of the thoughts. That is the path of meditation. From the thoughts you go to the source of the thought. Don't get disturbed by the thoughts but go to the source of the thoughts. As far as that source is concerned, both positive as well as negative thoughts are same to it. But from the standpoint of a seeker, positive thoughts help us to die within and negative thoughts takes us away from, as though away from the supreme reality. So anger as well as love, they arise from the same source. They are brothers or sisters, depend on their gender, I don't know. They are, they are related. Therefore, here in Mahabharata also we find that Kauravas and Pandavas were related. They represent the good and the bad thoughts. They are related. They are born from the same source. But that which is positive, that which is Daivi, we have seen in the ninth chapter also, the Daivi Sampatti help us to gain moksha and Asuri Sampatti binds us to samsara. But both Asuri and Daivi arises from the same source. So good person and bad person, both of them have the same consciousness as their support. Hmm. So, bhayam cha abhayam eva cha matta eva, both of them arise from me. Father Bhagwan says that ahimsa, ahimsa, non-violence. Ahimsa means not to harm or not to hurt other being, consciously or unconsciously or physically, emotionally, with words, not to cause harm to the to other being, human being, animal, bird, plant, is called ahimsa. Not to have the, the, uh, the notion or the desire to hurt or harm others as far as possible. Hmm. Ahimsa. Himsa ka abhav. Absence of himsa. And this ahimsa is considered to be the very soul, the very uh, core of all dharma. Whatever dharma, whatever religion there are on earth, the core of all religion is ahimsa. Ahimsa paramo dharma, it is said. Ahimsa is the param dharma. Not to cause harm to the other being. Because just as I have right to live, other beings also have right to live. But this ahimsa has to be understood in all its, all its implication properly. Hmm. People may have a lot of questions. What about this? What about that? So I won't take up the questions now. You have to think about it. You have to understand it. Hmm. Don't argue against it and don't try to not understand it. Try to understand it. One can keep on thinking and not understand. But think in such a way that you understand what is really meant by that term. Ahimsa. 
it's good not to cause harm hurt pain sorrow uh, to other being including ourselves other means not only others including our some people keep on torturing themselves keep on irritating themselves that also is himsa only don't irritate yourself be kind and gentle with yourself and with others also that's called ahimsa we find that even the sant nyaneshwar maharaj from maharashtra he writes so much about ahimsa he says that even one should not be abrupt in one's actions and all because it you hurt you disturbs the you disturb the nature you disturb the air which is moving so gently by your abruptness so you be gentle with yourself with the world and that is ahimsa because ultimately everything and everyone is your own self by hurting others we are indirectly hurting our own self so ahimsa is a very important value which uh, is should be cultivated so ahimsa then samata when we have ahimsa see all these uh, various values which are mentioned here the positive values they are connected to each other when we develop one the other also comes when we have ahimsa in us samata also comes samata means equanimity samata means calmness of one's own mind uh, equanimity mind becomes uh, disturbed because of anger hatred jealousy pride uh, fear but when all these are eliminated through proper understanding and uh, by developing the positive values one gains what we call samatva samata calmness equanimity of the mind samatvam therefore in the beginning also bhagwan calls this as a great yoga samatvam yoga uchyate to keep the mind balanced equanimous calm peaceful itself is considered as yoga as a path for enlightenment so samata then tushti hi tushti is also another important values see all this bhagwan mentioned this values which are eternal see there are certain things which are which are temporary there are certain values which might be temporary which might depend on a particular place particular time particular region the temporary values even morality what we call in the world this is moral this is immoral these are also some certain temporary uh, values may be there but that basic uh, values are eternal like ahimsa is eternal samata is eternal tushti is eternal but certain 
type of, let us say, certain type of dress you should wear, dress code, or you have to behave in a particular way, or you should have a particular hairstyle. Those are all uh, relative values. Yeah. Many times people understand those values only. And they think that it is, that person is doing something very bad, something very wrong. Hmm. Those values keep on changing. Even the dress code, in the good old days they used to have different type of dress. Now we have different type. In some country it is different, in some other country it is different. If you go to South Indian uh, temple and all, you can't wear the top of this. You have to, man, they have to uh, wear the Anga Vastra and all. Otherwise they will shirt pant pant ke logo ko entry nahi milegi. But if you go to north, and if you go without this, uh, uh, without your shirt and all, you will start uh, shivering like anything. So at different places, the outer structure might be different. So they are the changing, uh, changing uh, uh, conducts, you can say. But the very core of all goodness lies in these values which are eternal. So you cannot say ahimsa is temporary value or ahimsa is value meant only for Hindus, not for some other religion or ahimsa is meant only for a particular country, not for other country. You cannot say that. It's eternal for all time, for all beings, it is equal. So that we should understand. So, ahimsa, samata, tushti hi. Tushti means contentment, deep sense of satisfaction. This is also a very important value which one has to cultivate in ourselves. This is an attitude of satisfaction with whatever I, one has, with whatever one gets, with uh, with the situation, with the people, with condition, one has got a deep sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. Tushti, contentment. One should move and live and work in this world with a sense of contentment. Generally, people feel that unless we are discontent, we will not do anything. But that is not true one can do with contentment also. Like the great realized pastors or great uh, people, they, they themselves are highly content and satisfied, but still they work, still they move, still they do. So they do out of their joy, out of their contentment. Others, they do out of discontentment. So that doing is always incomplete or always some negativity must be there in it. Because a basic discontentment is there in my heart. With that discontentment, if I work, then my work will not be uh, of that highest nature. So there should be a deep sense of contentment. And this comes when I experience my inner joy. When I come to experience the silence, the peace and the joy of my own heart, then I will be content. 
then even little thing seem will seem to give me great joy tushti hi if because that absence of tushti can lead to great disturbance in the whole society in a family also if one person is discontent can disturb the peace and quietude of this whole family there are some people who are always discontent they are not satisfied with the food which you cook at home they are not satisfied with the place the the all those objects which are there constantly discontent will not be able to experience anything joyously a discontent person always looks into future he wants a particular future but in that bargain he forgets to enjoy the present he forgets to gain that great joy of the present and future is something which is very elusive which is very flimsy like you, you cannot catch it it cannot be caught future always remain future only therefore in some places and some shops and all they write aaj nagad kal udar if you come kal again the same board is there so you will never get udar so future is very uh, flimsy you cannot catch it so tushti hi is a very ha huh, is a way of looking suppose you have a glass half filled with uh, milk and you want that milk now when you look if you look at that portion which is filled you will feel very happy but if you look at the portion which is empty you will feel sad the glass remaining same where do you look what do you see do you see what you have or you see what you don't have discontentment is an ability to see what i don't have and become unhappy contentment is an ability to see what i have and feel great sense of gratefulness and blessedness so this is an important quality for a seeker for everyone so ahimsa samata tushtihi tapah tapah is austerity ability to conserve the energy and the power of our body our mind by proper restraint that's called tapas so too much of speaking too much of um, uh, listening too much of watching eating disturbs and uh, one exhaust the energy of our body and the mind to conserve it and to direct it in the right direction is is the secret behind tapas concentration like if we want to develop the power of our mind we should cultivate the power of concentration so concentration is tapas if we want to cultivate the power of our body we should utilize it for seva and for performing our duties properly so this is called tapas more about tapas we will see in the 17th chapter then danam danam is sharing what i have with others intelligently according to my strength 
sharing what I have with the world is called daan. Yatha shakti sam vibhagaha. If wealth or some objects, knowledge or peace, quietude, happiness, whatever one has, one shares it with others around. That's called daan. Can be anyone around. You share the good things which you have. Don't share your troubles. I have a lot of sorrow. Please come. Baat ke khalenge. The good things which one has, one shares. It need not be just wealth. Can be a joy of your heart. And just smiling at someone, you can share him instantly. I am happy. You smile at someone, that person also becomes happy. You have done dana. Pina koi, what you call, without much effort, you have done dana. Just smiling at someone is like you are giving that joy. Sharing peace. Then your wealth and knowledge. One can share with the world around. Because just by storing it, keeping it, it will not help me in any way. So share. So dhanam. Then yashaha. Yasha means fame. Fame means fame which is attained when we follow the path of righteousness. That is called fame. Not fame by some unfair means. But when dharma nimitta kirtihi, when one performs dharma, when we follow the path of righteousness, that fame which one gains is called yasha. Like Hanumanji, he did the karya of Bhagwan and he became famous. Because of his goodness and seva, he became famous. That's called yasha. See, when we do something for others, automatically the other person remembers and thinks about us. So in this way, slowly our fame spreads in the world. So it's called yasha. And a yashaha, or in fame, or is is gained when one follows the path of adharma. A kirti happens. So that also arises from the same source, but one should try to gain fame, yasha. Hmm. Samartha Ramdas Swamiji from Maharashtra, he writes, ki marave pari kirti rupe urave, that you die, but you remain behind as fame. Uh, so people should remember you as a good person who has done good work, and has blessed the whole world. So like that, you do something and go. Actually one experiment which generally people, that management and other people, they say one should do, is that just a frightening example, I mean experiment for some. It is like just imagine that you are dead and that there is a prayer meeting but not just singing bhajans and all, not that type of prayer meeting, but people are saying something about you. Your family members, your relatives, your friends, 
your people where you work, uh, your neighbors, uh, everyone has assembled there and they are saying something about you. So the experiment is what you would like them to say about you. What you would like them to speak about you. Your dear friend is coming and saying what you, you would like your friend to say about you. And we will find that always we want them to say something nice and good about us. No? And what good? These values only. Though we may not appreciate these values, but we would like others to say something nice about me. Even the worst person, bad person also would like people to say nice thing about him. So the thing is that if, if you think they will not say nice thing, then you better behave in such a way that they will say nice things. So we should try to cultivate those good values which you want others to remember you uh, with. So ahimsa samata tushtihi tapodanam yasho yashaha bhavanti bhava bhutanam All these are various bhava, various expressions of beings, generally human beings, Bhagavan says. These are different expressions. <coughs> that is the beauty of our human life. We have so many variety of expressions. This is unimaginable. See, and our great Rishi Munis, they have classified them. And they have studied them in depth. So many of them. This is just a sample, few of them. But we have so many variety of emotions and, and expressions are there which really add great uh, beauty to our life. There are some people who don't experience certain emotions and that is like their life is uh, poor. If one doesn't experience what is the meaning of compassion, experience means not just definition from a book, but actually experience. If one doesn't experience the meaning of uh, kshama, our life is incomplete. It's not complete. So we should be able to experience all these various uh, values which are there and they only will add glory and beauty to our life. Otherwise it is incomplete. Hmm. Otherwise just few emotions, huh? joy and sorrow or more sorrow, more pain. One should be able to experience. And that is what gives glory to, beauty to so many Mahatmas and good people in this world also. We remember certain incidents in their life which brings out these qualities in full measure. Like even Jesus Christ when he was being crucified, he looked at those people who were torturing him, who were abusing him. And he prayed to God, Oh God, please forgive them. He is praying. He says, please forgive them, they know not what they are doing. They are ignorant. If they knew, they will not do such things. They are ignorant, so please forgive them. That sense of forgiveness came from the very depth, the very core of goodness which he had. Which is a very, very wonderful thing. People sacrifice their life for the sake of the society, for the sake of the 
family, for the sake of the country. Just imagine from which depth that goodness must be arising. So all this Bhagavan says arise from me. Bhavanti bhava bhutanam matta eva prathak vidha. This their alag alag bhav, they are coming from me only. So don't get carried away by the differences. All of them arise from me. So we are the closest to God. Even when any emotion comes, try to go deep within and you will find the source is God. God is the source. Ishvara is the source of all our emotions, all our thoughts. So it's a very beautiful verses. Further, Bhagavan says, Maharshaya Saptapurve Chatvaro Manavastatha Madhava Manasa Jata Yesham Loka Imaprajaha Maharshaya Saptapurve Chatvaro Manavastatha Bhagavan now talks from a different standpoint. He says this seven rishis Maharshaya Saptapurve in the in the beginning when the creation happened all these uh, great rishis and the great manus they all were born from my mind madbhava manasa jata this entire creation bhagwan says is arose from my mind means from sankalpa matra Sankalpa means just by willing the creation happened. The whole creation which we see is nothing but the result of Bhagwan's will. Like it is very beautifully said in the Bible that let there be light and there was light. The scripture says Bhagwan just thought let there be creation. And there was creation. So by his will, the, that consciousness, pure consciousness, has got this power to will, power to know, and power to manifest. It's called Jnana Shakti, Icha Shakti, Jnana Shakti, and Kriya Shakti. This is the power, inherent power of that pure consciousness, power to will. Will means not desire, huh? will means uh, a sankalpa thought that let this happen. Like for example, when we desire, we say, I want this to happen. There is I, but in will, there is no I. So, that cosmic will, Icha huh? Shakti it is called. Then in that consciousness there is power to know, jnana shakti. 
and also power to manifest, power to appear in various forms. That is called Kriya Shakti. So here Bhagwan is talking about that Ichha Shakti. By my will, by my from my mind, all this uh, appeared. Who appeared? The seven rishis, the four uh, brothers, Sanak, Sanandan, Sanatan, and Sanat Kumar, and Manavaha, and fourteen Manus. These are all symbolic. This is uh, to indicate the various uh, aspects of this whole creation. As Pujya Gurudev has uh, written, that one is that seven uh, rishis, we hear them about them in the scriptures, in the Puranas. Like we have this Brugu Rishi, Marichi, Atri, Pulastya, Pulaha, Kratu, and Vashishta Rishi. They are called the Sapta Rishis. But the word Rishi means the seer. Seer. Knower or seer is called Rishi. Symbolically, these seven Rishis represent the seven aspects of this creation. The five subtle elements, Akash, Vayu, Agni, Jal and Prithvi. And Mahat Tattva, the cosmic intelligence, and Ahankar, the cosmic ego. You can refer to Pujya Gurudev's commentary. So, these seven aspects of this creation are indicated here by the term Rishis. They are all born from that consciousness. Consciousness has got this ability to know ability to be aware. From that arose in the beginning the five great elements. And also from that uh, is born the cosmic intelligence. And from that is born the cosmic uh, personality called ahankar. Cosmic personality, cosmic ego. So, these are the Sapta Rishis at the cosmic level. And from that only the entire creation happened. In us, these Rishis are in the form of these four Sanak, Sanandan, Sanatan and Sanat Kumar. They are like the four aspects of our own inner instruments called the Mana, Buddhi, Chitta and Ahankar. The mind, the intellect, the memory and the ego within us are like the four brothers. They are also the four aspects of our inner instruments. So at the cosmic level, the five elements and the cosmic intelligence and cosmic ahankar created uh, were the cause of this, further cause of this world. And within us, our own mind, our own intellect creates different uh, types of experiences for us. So they also become the secondary creators of our world. Our own mind, our own intellect creates world for us. They are the secondary creators as though. 
then the 14 manus manavaha there are again different uh, aspects and different emotions of our own mind so bhagwan says all these are ultimately born from my mind mad bhava manasa jata all of them are born from my mind from me and esham ima praja and from this only all the creation all the beings the the sentient as well as insentient all of them are born from this only so this is a, a pauranic and a different style of uh, explaining things huh. what it means is from that pure consciousness alone the different aspect of this cosmos was born and from the basic seven all everything else was born so basic seven are called the seven rishis the seven great seers so from that pure consciousness seven seers were born and from those seven seers everything were born even from that basic consciousness the four were born so subjectively when we look at ourselves when when you are in deep sleep uh, you don't experience anything but when you wake up when you wake up what happens the four are born your mind is born your intellect is born your memory is born and your ahankar is born you can try it out hmm. not now when you go home so when you wake up in the morning or evening whenever you wake up uh, when we are in deep sleep state i am not aware of the world i am not aware of myself i am not aware of anything else but when we wake up we become aware of ourselves i am that awareness of i happens then lot of other thoughts keep on coming that is the mind then we understand certain things that is our buddhi then we remember certain thing that is our chitta so these are the four aspects of our inner personality i thoughts understanding and memory these four are called the four sanat kumaras sanak sanandan sanatan sanat kumar in puranas the stories of these four kumaras they are always young they are always of uh, kumar like uh, of 5 uh, to 8 years old they never grow our mind our intellect our ahankar never grow they always remain young your body will grow but your mind will not grow it will remain young only body will say are baba i cannot eat and digest this pakoda but mind says no khao kuch nahi hota hai mind is young mind doesn't grow old mind never grows old that is the beauty of the mind intellect also never grows old ahankar also doesn't grow old ki mera ahankar abhi boodha ho gaya hai kuch nahi memory also remains young so they are indicated in the puranas as always of kumar avastha and this four creates our srishti they only create all our world and our experiences so they are the 
secondary creators, but they themselves are born from that consciousness and they further create the world. Similarly, at the cosmic level, the five great elements, the cosmic intelligence, the cosmic ego was born, born from God and then it creates the, uh, the details. Even this Manus, Manu, that word has come from mind only, Mana. So they are also different aspects of our own personality, of our own mind, which creates further uh, Shrishti, further experiences for us. So Maharshaya Saptapurve Chatvaro Manavastatha Madbhava Manasa Jata Esham Loka Imapraja From them only, from all this, from the seven rishis, from the four, and from this Manus, the entire creation happens. So if when this four, they, uh, in our own personality, when our mind, intellect, and our ego, and all becomes quiet, then there is no creation. Then we are established in our own self. But when they wake up, the creation happens. It's all play of our own mind. The entire experience which we get in life is nothing but the play of our own mind. Without mind, you cannot experience anything. When the mind is uh, in deep sleep state, or when the mind is in Turiya Avastha, there is no experience of the world. When we wake up, all these four wake up, and the world starts. Hmm. And we keep trying to modify them, change them, bring new thoughts, bring this. But they, they keep on modifying, but they constantly remain like that. Hmm. They always remain. So their source is God. So rather than trying to change and modify, we should go to their very source and come to comprehend that truth. Further, Bhagavan says, Yetam vibhutim yogancha Mama yoveti tatvataha Sovikam pena yogena Yujjate natra samshayaha Yetam vibhutim yogancha Yetam, this uh, what I have described in detail in the above verses, they are my vibhuti and my yoga. Bhagwan, this whole chapter is called Vibhuti, Vibhuti Yoga. Vibhuti means Vistar, means uh, variety. And here the meaning of the word Yoga is the power which gives rise to that variety. Hmm? Yoga means Yukti, that power which gives rise to this variety. So Bhagwan explained to Arjuna, the Vistar, 
first this maharshaya the the seven rishis or the four division of our own antakarana and then all this other vistar buddhi jnana asammoha kshama satyam dhamashamaha all this all this variety are born from me by my own power so that pure consciousness and its ability its power is called yoga and with that power it expresses in variety of ways that is called vibhuti it's like uh, one thing appearing like many like for example gold gold has got its own inherent power what is the power of gold a lot of things you can see but the physical quality of this gold is it is uh, they call it ductile and malleable the gold can be converted into the finest of thread like most fine thread can be made from gold it has got the ability to be converted into even thinner than our hair and it can be flattened into like paper finer than paper that is the quality of gold that is the inherent quality of gold because of this inherent quality of gold it can be expressed in variety of ornaments so all the variety of ornaments is is can be called as vibhuti of gold it's called vibhuti of gold and the power of this gold to get converted into all this variety of ornament is its yoga so bhagwan says i have told you my vibhuti and my yoga bhagwan is like gold and his yoga is that power within him and vibhuti are like various expressions arjuna wants to know more about this vibhuti then bhagwan will tell in detail but now he just mentioned this that from me only these seven rishis or these four or these 14 manus they are born and from them only everything all srishti has taken place so in simple terms that god is one consciousness is one and that from one only all this variety appears in the other chapter we have seen from one appears two and from two appears many in the seventh chapter we have seen that one appears two what are the two the apara and the para prakriti and from this apara and para prakriti alone everything happens like in the in in the mathematical language there is let us say a zero and from zero alone is born one and minus one no no one appears to be someone solid minus one also but both of them are born from zero from zero one alone cannot be born from zero minus one alone cannot be born both one and minus one are born from zero and then all this play is the play of one and minus one 
even in the field of science they talk about matter and antimatter energy and anti energy not anti energy anti dark energy something they call it and the whole world is play of this according to science also this matter and antimatter if they come together they annihilate each other and zero remains so from that zero this matter and antimatter arose and the entire cosmos is a play of this too if you study physics they also talk in the language of it appears as though they are speaking vedanta only they talk like this there are certain texts i mean certain books which uh, tries to correlate the language of physics and language of spirituality like the tao of physics tao of physics hmm. they try to or the dancing holy masters they try to correlate the language of physics and uh, spirituality the same from that one appears two and from this two appears the many even in the chinese philosophy they talk about this dao they call it the pronounced dao tao which has got this yin and yang and everything is a play of this yin and yang so that one has got this power inherent power that is called yoga and its vistar is called vibhuti so bhagwan says one who understands my yoga and vibhuti he understands me properly etam vibhutim yogam cha mama yo vetti tatvatah this my yoga and my vibhuti one who understands in essence properly such a person sah avikampena yogena such a person gets endowed with that knowledge which is free from all vikampa which is free from all disturbance means he is he he is endowed with that supreme knowledge by which he becomes free of all his confusion and all his bondage sa avikampena yogena yujjate na atra samshayah there is no doubt about it so when we talk about that supreme reality when we talk about god is a us is one has to understand god in a scientific way not in a emotional way and all suppose you go to study physics or chemistry is not nothing emotional about it not that you take h2so4 and do its aarti or something okay it's in the beginning fine but if you really seriously sincerely want to understand the nature of this chemis- uh, chemicals and their interaction and all you should take it more seriously similarly here when we talk about consciousness it's a it the supreme reality to make it simple to make it more understandable for common people it is indicated as having a personality uh, we call it god we call it it has personality 
we personify it but otherwise it is beyond all personification it is beyond all personality it is that pure consciousness no person it it is neither male nor female it is it is beyond all form and beyond all name so etam vibhutim yogancha mama yovetti tatvatah so vikampena yogena yujyate natra samshayah so one who understands my nature along with my yoga and vibhuti comes to know me completely and one who knows me completely is endowed with that state of avikampa of free from all trembling free from all disturbance free from all change he gets established in that supreme truth so that is what bhagwan says now how can we gain this state of uh, realization how can we know god that bhagwan will reveal in the following verses we will see them tomorrow ho Thank you.